Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a quick look around the NHL. To keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, please follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And you can also find me at Ian C. McLaren. I'd also kindly request that you subscribe, download, listen, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your shows, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts. Uh, it goes a long way towards building an audience and to getting the word out, and I really do appreciate all of those who listen and offer encouraging words on social media and who uh, pass on news about the show to uh, their friends and family. Uh, it really does mean a lot. Uh, I apologize for posting today's show a bit later. I wanted to wait until after the Bruins skated this morning to get a better idea of who is in and who is out in advance of tonight's game against the Buffalo Sabres. I also apologize for the lack of guests on uh, the show this week. I have reached out uh, to some folks in attempts to have uh, conversations on here, but those have been to no avail. So hopefully you're not too sick of hearing just my voice on the podcast, and uh, I hope I can make it as entertaining as and informative as possible. Like I mentioned, the Bruins are in action tonight against the Buffalo Sabres, and some good and breaking news from practice this morning. It was an optional skate, and head coach Bruce Cassidy says he fully expects Patrice Bergeron to play tonight. Bergeron has missed the past two games uh, with a lower body injury, but um, he will be back in his rightful spot alongside, not alongside, but between Brad Marchand and David Pasternak on the top line. Looks like Charlie Coyle will move up to the wing, right wing, on a line with uh, David Krejci and Jake DeBrusque. And then Par Lindholm will center Anders Bjork and Danton Heinen. And of course, the fourth line, as always, will be Joaquin Nordstrom, Sean Corrali, and uh, Chris Wagner. Another encouraging note from the skate this morning, it was an optional skate, and Tori Krug was out there in a non-contact jersey. It looks like he could be back in time for Saturday's game against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, David Backus was also skating after practice as well, taking a few twirls on his own. I believe that's the first time he's been uh, in full gear since uh, that collision with Scott Sabrin a few weeks ago. Brett Ritchie is out again with a flare-up of his recent infection issues. Uh, Somebody had to make way for Bergeron's return, so he's out of the lineup tonight. And like I mentioned, uh, Charlie Coyle will take the spot on the right wing that he occupied the other night uh, with Jake DeBrusque and Par Lindholm, uh, who was skating on the second line center spot. So that's pretty much the view from Boston heading into Thursday's game against the Sabres. Buffalo, as you recall, started off pretty hot this season, but things have kind of gone off the rails here in November. They have lost, uh, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of their last eight games. The only game they've won 
so far in November is a 4-2 decision over the Ottawa Senators. So not the greatest competition there. Uh, they lost on Tuesday to the Minnesota Wild, who currently the worst team in the NHL. They lost Sunday to the Chicago Blackhawks. And then last week to the Carolina Hurricanes after uh, losing two in a row to the Tampa Bay Lightning at the 2019 NHL Global Series over in Sweden. Uh, Jack Eichel, as expected, is leading the charge for this team. He has 13 goals and 12 assists uh, for 25 points in 21 games. He leads the team in both goals and shares the team lead in assists with uh, star defenseman Rasmus Dahlin. He also leads the team in shots with 76, although Jeff Skinner has uh, 75 as well. Um, the goaltending has fallen off recently. Carter Hutton got off to a hard start, but his save percentage is down to 909. Uh, I would expect he'll get the start for the Sabres tonight. And I really think it's a good opportunity for the Bruins to keep things rolling following the nice win over the New Jersey Devils uh, a couple nights ago. This is a game the Bruins should win. This is a game the Bruins can win and one that uh, is important in order to uh, maintain their spot atop the Atlantic Division. Uh, they have some teams uh, kind of on their heels. The Florida Panthers are only four points back, as well as the Montreal Canadiens are only four points back. Uh, they are both in action tonight as well, I believe. Actually, the Canadiens lost last night to the... Um, Ottawa Senators in a bit of a shocking result, although not too shocking considering uh, the Canadians have some injury issues. The Panthers will be hosting the Ducks tonight while uh, the Canadians are actually off until Saturday uh, where they host the Rangers. Uh, the Bruins are far and away the best team in the Atlantic in terms of uh, goal differential. They're at plus 21. The next highest team is the Canadians at plus six, Florida's at plus three, Tampa Bay plus three. Former, now former head coach Mike Babcock, we'll talk about that in a little bit here, but um, he said that he's been known to say in the past that goal differential is the best indicator of successful teams. It's not really um, advanced in today's analytic landscape, but I still think it's a, a generally good indication of success obviously and, and the Bruins are dominating in that area um, so the Sabres they're minus three at the moment uh, 10 8 and 3 overall 23 points in 21 games and like I mentioned uh, won one of their last and their two last eight and their two six and two over their last 10 games uh, projected defensive pairings for the Bruins Chara and McAvoy as always, on the top, Grizzlick and Carlo in the middle with um, Tori Krug still out. And then Vakaninen and Clifton on the third pair. Um, I would expect those will change at some point as uh, guys start to get healthy. Krug, John Moore, Kevin Miller expected back uh, within the next week or so. Um, so Vakaninen and Clifton's time in the lineup uh, may not be secure long-term, but um, for tonight, they'll be in there against the Sabres. 
for the Sabres as well, Marcus Johansson is injured, so he will not be able to play his former teammates. Uh, we all remember the impact that he had on last year's playoff run, and uh, it was unfortunate that they weren't able to retain him. Uh, but such is life in today's NHL with salary cap limitations and <clears throat> excuse me, uh, bad contracts on the books a la David Backus. So that's a preview of tonight's game. I hope you all enjoy. And uh, coming up here in a minute, we'll take a look at my weekly NHL top five called All the President's Men. It's time now for All the President's Men, which is my weekly look at the top five teams in the NHL, meaning those teams that are currently on track to compete for the uh, President's Trophy top spot in the regular season standings. Now, those of you who've listened to the show know that I like to look at a mix of points, point percentage, as well as some deeper stats like Corsi, PDO. Uh, began looking at XG a little bit as well, which is expected goals for. Um, so yeah, let's dig into that now. I think uh, the number five team I'm going to go with this week is the Colorado Avalanche. They have a record of 13-6-2 through 21 games, 21 points, uh, 21, 28 points. They're sixth overall in terms of points and point percentage, point percentage of 667. But I'm giving them a bump into the five spot this week just because of how well they've been playing without uh, Miko Rantanen, without Captain Gabriel Landeskog. They were without both of their goalies uh, earlier this week. Uh, both of whom were out with injury. They do have uh, a negative Corsi at 49.04, and they do have a league-high PDO of 104.1. However, like I said, I, I think I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt this week just because of the fact that they are missing so many key players, and um I put them, therefore, over the Oilers for the fifth spot just because of Edmonton being really top-heavy right now, lack of secondary scoring. I think once everyone's healthy for the Colorado Avalanche, they really will be a force to be reckoned with in the in the Western Conference. Uh, Kale McCarr is the early clear favorite for the uh, Calder Trophy, and... Um, I could see this team coming out of the Western Conference, to be quite honest with you. Uh, number four team this week, I'm going to put the defending Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. They've played 22 games, record of 13-4-5, uh, 705 point percentage. They, too, are without uh, a key player in uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Right now, they have an even 100 PDO, uh, meaning... They kind of are what we would expect them to be uh, with average shooting percentages, average uh, save percentage. They're a positive Corsi team, 50.23. In terms of expected goals, they are um, a bit lower. Actually, they're 28th expected goals percentage of 46.39. So... Um, that could use a bit of work. That will certainly rise when Tarasenko comes back. He's a very dangerous player who goes into those high-scoring areas. 
Um, so the St. Louis Blues have not uh, slacked off a bit since uh, winning the Cup last spring, which I guess is a bit of a consolation for the Bruins to know that um, if they had just fallen off the earth, that would have been kind of disheartening to know that that was truly a lost opportunity. But the fact that they're remaining uh, quality this season uh, makes it easier to swallow. Um, so yeah, I'm putting them at the four spot this week. Uh, the third spot, I'm putting the New York Islanders. Now you might think that's a bit crazy because they're on such a tour to hot streak, 15 point, 15 game point streak, I should say. They've only played 19 games. And they're tied for second overall with 31 points, 15, 3, and 1, an 8, 16 point percentage. But if you look at their underlying numbers, they do not suggest sustained success. In fact, they're 30th in the NHL in terms of Corsi at even strength, 45.58. And they're also um, fourth with a 102.8 PDO meaning they're uh, getting really uh, good puck luck at this point, basically. They're uh, getting exceptional goaltending at even strength from Thomas Grace and Semyon Varlamov. Their shooting percentage is a bit down, uh, so you'd expect the goaltending to level off a bit, and if the shot attempts and the shooting percentage don't rise, then uh, this team could be uh, in trouble sooner than later. But we said that last year. And they continue to defy expectations. Uh, in terms of XG, they're at, uh, let's see here, 20th, 49.22. So they're not getting the quantity of shot attempts, but they're getting more quality shot attempts and taking advantage of them at this point in the, the season. Um, so while they're ahead with in terms of point percentage, they have five games in hand on the Capitals, and they're only five points back. Uh, but because of those underlying numbers, I'm going to give them uh, only the third spot. Coming in second, I'll put our Boston Bruins. 21 games, 13-3-5, and five, uh, plus 25 goal differential, which is tops in the NHL, uh, I believe, at last check. Um, looking at their underlying numbers, the Bruins still have a pretty high PDO. Uh, but as I talked about a couple days ago, I think... Uh, the fact that they have two starting caliber goaltenders uh, is going to prop that PDO up because they won't take a huge hit when, uh, you know, their number one isn't playing. So if, say, for instance, the Maple Leafs would have a huge drop-off between Frederick Anderson and now their backup, Casimir Kasakuso, Michael Hutchinson before that, the Bruins, they can put in Halak and Rask and be able to sustain uh, those numbers. They're a positive Corsi team. And in terms of XG, they're also uh, positive as well. So um, the Bruins, uh, they went through a bit of a swoon last week, but uh, that win against New Jersey was very encouraging. And uh, they have a couple games, very winnable games, coming up uh, against the Sabres and the Wild here on home ice. Uh, so I would expect them to retain that spot and even begin to challenge the number one team, which uh, in my estimation is the Washington Capitals. They have played uh, 24 games. They're 16, four and four, 36 uh, points for 
a five-point advantage on the Islanders, Bruins, and Oilers. Uh, they have a plus six, 17 goal differential, which is, uh, sorry, the Bruins have a plus 21 goal differential. Islanders and Capitals uh, at plus 17 behind them. Uh, the Capitals, uh, they too have a positive Corsi, 50.61. And in terms of XG, which is expected goals again, uh, they are um, 51.77. When it comes to PDO, they're 100.5. So like the Blues, they are uh, pretty um, average in terms of shooting and save percentage, which is a good thing. It means they're not, uh, you know, um, riding that maybe lucky wave that is boosting that um, that PDO number. So there you go. That's the all the President's Men for this week. The Avalanche Blues. Islanders, Bruins, and Capitals. Coming up next to close the show, we'll take a look at some news and notes around the NHL with some big news coming out Thursday from Toronto. The major news around the NHL on Wednesday was, of course, the firing of Mike Babcock by the Toronto Maple Leafs. They promoted Toronto Marley's head coach Sheldon Keefe as his replacement uh, the Leafs started 9-10-4 this season, been playing around 500 hockey since January. Of course, they lost in the playoffs to the Bruins. Um, Babcock's been with the team since 2015. He's the highest paid head coach. I think he was being paid something like $6.25 million a year, which the Leafs can certainly afford. Um, he guided the team to their best season ever a couple years ago, another 100-point season last year. But, uh, of course, they failed to advance in the postseason where uh, things really matter the most. Um, It really seemed like the team had started to tune him out. And um, Keefe is a Dubas guy. Babcock, of course, predated Kyle Dubas here in Toronto. Their relationship dates back to uh, about 2012 when... Keefe was named head coach of the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds of the OHL, which Dubas served as GM there. Uh, That team experienced some of their best seasons um, in franchise history. Um, They did not win the OHL championship during his tenure. He did win uh, OHL's top coach of the year in uh, 2014-2015, um, but in two consecutive years, they were uh, eliminated from the playoffs by the Erie Auditors, who uh, were led by Connor McDavid at the time, so it's hard to kind of fault him for that. Uh, Keith then was given the job in Toronto, and uh, Dubas as uh, assistant general manager in Toronto, he was served as GM of the Marlies. Uh, They won the Calder Cup in 2018. He won a total of 199 games as an American League head coach. And so they will now uh, team up as the general manager and head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs and see if um, they can get the most out of this roster. I believe there are still clearly some issues with the Maple Leafs. I mentioned the backup goaltending situation earlier, uh, defense, 
In a press conference on Wednesday, team president Brendan Shanahan said, we're mistake prone on defense. Attention to details aren't there. The explosive offense our team was known for has been missing for a while. So Keith has his work cut out for him in terms of uh, figuring out his defense pairings, revitalizing the offense. Uh, apparently he's very details oriented and um, more of a, a player's coach than Babcock was. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they can turn things around. Uh, right now they are, uh, let's see here, 21st in the NHL standings with a record of 9, 10, and 4, like I mentioned, through 23 games. Uh, they have played the second most games out of any team. So if you look at it in terms of point percentage, they are uh, well down the Eastern Conference standings. Uh, with a point percentage of 478, which is uh, better only than Ottawa, New Jersey, and Detroit in the Eastern Conference. So they have their work cut out for them in terms of getting back in the playoff race. I imagine they made this decision now uh, so as not to get too far behind the curve, uh, but it remains to be seen if uh, you know they can indeed turn things around in time. Uh, we may not get the uh, two versus three matchup that we're used to, but it's possible that uh, the Bruins and Leafs could meet up in uh, the playoffs again as a one versus four if the Bruins can hang on. Uh, but yeah, that was the big news um, in the NHL on Wednesday. Elsewhere, Henrik Lundqvist earned his 454th career victory, tying J Curtis Joseph for fifth on the all-time list. Um, some, uh, unfortunate news out of Ottawa where Bobby Ryan entered the NHL, NHLPA assistance program. Uh, so we wish him all the best. Uh, we've talked about him on the podcast before as a healthy scratch in Ottawa this season. Uh, perhaps that's some of the reason for that, but, uh, we wish him all the best and, and hope he's able to get the help that he needs. And uh, Dustin Bufflin, the NHLPA, filed a grievance against the league on behalf of Dustin Bufflin, challenging his suspension. Uh, he was suspended by the team for not showing up at training camp and not uh, starting the season. Uh, since then, he's gone through uh, ankle surgery, I believe, and um, he believes that he should be able to be put on LTIR and therefore be paid. Uh, so... Um, yeah, we'll see what happens there as well. Bufflin reportedly passed his um, exit physical at the end of last season. And so the uh, Jets are sticking to the suspension because he seemed fit to play at the time. Uh, but will now, uh, it'll arguably go to a uh, arbitrator now and we'll see how, how they rule. Elliot Friedman dropped his 31 thoughts. He said he's astonished if the Calgary Flames decided to trade Johnny Godreau. It's been rumored that his name is out there. I would be uh, really surprised if, if that happens as well. The Athletics' Darren Haynes wondered if it's time for the Flames to consider trading Godreau. Um, it could be difficult to pull off right now, he said, but he said it's worth exploring. Uh, it should come as no surprise that there are some rumblings out of Philadelphia that uh, they should pick up the South Jersey native. Uh, he's under contract at 6.75 through 2021-22. 20, um, maybe 
swapping Voracek or Van Riensdijk was suggested, but um, again, I don't really see that happening. I mentioned the Buffalo Sabres are looking to flip a um, defenseman for a forward. They have our old friend Colin Miller, Marco Scandella, uh, both uh, scratched as of late. Uh, so could see them. Um, one of those two moved to bring in a forward. And then our old friend Ryan Donato, he's also been rumored, along with Kevin Fiala or Joel Erickson Eck, as being available by uh, new wild GM Bill Guerin, uh, who is apparently doing a lot of legwork on the value of his players. Uh, again, that Charlie Coyle for Ryan Donato swap really seems to be paying off for the Bruins, and hopefully they can keep him around as he is set to become an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. So that's it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Please follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can find me at ENC McLaren. There'll be tweets streaming out of there. Both those accounts during tonight's game against the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Feel free to send me photos of where you're watching the game and what your adult beverage of choice is, as I want to do when the Bruins play as well. Uh, Please tell your friends and family members and fellow Bruins loving people in your life about the podcast. And please do uh, subscribe, download, listen, rate, and review the podcast uh, wherever you are able to listen. Uh, Thanks so much for listening today. If you have any feedback, please email the show at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, always love to hear from, from you all. And take care, friends. Talk to you again tomorrow.